0: Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement, David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. So glad you're with us for another edition of the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. We've got a great show on the way today with David Dickens, president and wealth advisor of KC Financial Advisors based in Overland Park and online at coveryourassetskc.com. We're talking about four big beneficiary mistakes that you do not, all caps, underlined, bolded, italicized, I don't know, through underscript, overscript, all the different things you can do to highlight a word in Microsoft Word. That's what we would want to emphasize here, uh, that you do not want to make. That's going to be the subject of the show. We'll dive into all that in a few moments. But, David, uh, personally, how are you doing? What's going on in your world?
1: Well, let's see. So we are recording this on a Tuesday, and so by the time this drops on Thursday, I will be in Minneapolis for my future Ooh. son-in-law's graduation from grad school. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, looking forward to that trip, and that'll be that'll be nice. Minneapolis, beautiful time of the year, and so should be pretty fun.
0: What did the future son-in-law uh, get his degree in?
1: He's getting a master's in, I'm probably going to goof this up, but I'm going to call it sports management, but it has to do with Either managing people or managing programs uh, that are sports related, that you know, universities or even in the professional ranks.
0: That's pretty cool. It's Wants to pretty be the sports cool. Sports world, huh?
1: Yeah, he's a super sports guy. So and, it's too
0: late to tell him to turn back. Don't go that direction. <laughs> no, I'm just just kidding. Just
1: kidding. You know, it's amazing how much of our uh, maybe I, I, I think I'm a normal person. And that was well. You give yourself a lot of credit (laughs) there, David. I don't know about that. (laughs) But it's amazing how much sports invades our lives. Does does a lot. And you know, you spend much time on Twitter, or you know, just chatting with. Maybe it's a male thing, but I don't think so because I got I got females in my life that are all about sports too. But you know, just chatting it up with people at a at a party, sure, uh, or on the golf course or whatever. There's always a topic or two that's sports related. So anyway, we're excited about uh, Major getting his um, uh, his masters in that, and should be a fun weekend in Wait, Minneapolis. His name is Major. It is.
0: Oh well, then yeah, he's destined to do well in the sports world with a name like Major. <laughs> like that's just he he. Military was not an option for him, right? He could never be <laughs> commander no. major or major major or.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially if you got to colonel or general, you'd be.
0: Yeah, you're demoting yourself at that point. <laughs> general major, what? <laughs> um I love it though. That's a great sports name I think. That's that's pretty cool. Well, I you'll have to keep us updated. It'd be interesting to see kind of what he does with uh with the career and where where he goes. I think a lot of us I mean I've I've been in the sports media in my life and now being outside of it, it's kind of fun a lot of us live vicariously through not only sports figures but people who follow sports and work in sports. There's it's it's, a, it's always kind of the grass is greener on the other side thing. It's very attractive to be like, "Oh, what a cool life you get to work in sports." Like it's still a job. It's still a career. Uh, they still have <laughs> right. bad days. Um, let me just give you a peek behind the curtain. Um, but still, it's kind of fun to follow people's careers in the sports realm, even non-athletes. I think following journalists or people that kind of manage teams and all that kind of stuff is is fascinating. So, yeah, for cool. sure. All right. right, we'll keep us, keep us updated over the years of uh, what's going on with Major. One and thing con- I know is and for sure he's
1: really good with zone money, so he would actually be quite good helping – Athletes with with their money, if that's the direction he wants to go. But at least I don't have any concerns about how he and my daughter are going to work with their own money. So that's a that's a beautiful thing,
0: folks. I don't know if you listened to the last episode about credit scores, and we had a joke about uh, you know checking the credit score of a of a future mate or a <laughs> date. We didn't touch on parents checking on um, you know, future in-law uh, people's credit scores, but now I'm starting to wonder a little bit, David.
1: <laughs> I have never done that, Walter, but now that you bring it Uh-oh, up. Uh-oh, the seed has been planted. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's too good. Uh, By the way, if you didn't listen to that last episode, I guarantee you, you'll learn something you didn't know before if you go and listen to it. So, if you have any interest at all about credit scores or know somebody who's in that realm of maybe needing to be interested in learning about credit scores, David dropped some great information in that last episode. So, definitely go check it out. Uh, But let's move to today's focus. David, you mentioned at the end of that last episode that. This uh, idea of today's podcast, unfortunately, is kind of born out of a real-life situation where some beneficiary mistakes had been made, and um, or at least weren't set up properly, and led to some issues. So let's dive a little bit into, uh, you want to kind of give us an overview of beneficiary selections and why this is important first, and then we can get into the mistakes themselves?
1: Yeah, for sure. And this is something that I think people take for granted a lot. So these are irrevocable. They're very hard to to fix once you're dead. And so what you're really doing is just saying to the world, here's where I want my money and assets to go after I'm not here anymore. And you can't do that once you're not here anymore. So there, it's something that we take for granted because it seems so simple. But you would be amazed, Walter, in my business to see how many times people either forgot a couple of assets. or just made a mistake that they never went back to fix. And once they're gone, it's too late to fix that. So we're going to go through four that I think that I see a lot. Number three and number four are the most interesting. And the number three is the one that I, that I mentioned at the end of last week's podcast. So, uh, hopefully this is interesting to people, but it is definitely important to people. If you're listening to these podcasts, you have money and, You just want to make sure that your money does the tricks for you, jumps through the hoops for you that you want it to jump through.
0: Well, I have an advanced uh, list here, folks, of the uh, four big beneficiary mistakes. And the first one didn't surprise me to see it, David. And that would be, if we're ready to dive into these, uh, not naming a beneficiary, period. Big mistake number one, right?
1: (laughs) That's a really big mistake. So with your IRA or your 401k, your 403b, your Roth accounts, You have to name a beneficiary. Nobody is going to open an account for you without you naming a beneficiary. So we're not worried about those. But your brokerage account, if you have one, your bank accounts, um, your annuities, your car and your home, those are big assets. Those are sometimes very big assets, sometimes way bigger than your 401k or IRA. And nobody's going to make you name a beneficiary for those. And the problem is when you die and you haven't named a beneficiary for those, your heirs, those assets are gonna go to your heirs because if you don't name a beneficiary, the state will do that for you. Now, how many among us want the state to determine where our assets go?
0: Not gonna see a lot of hands raised. One, because this is a podcast, but also because <laughs> I doubt there are many anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm gonna go with both of those. That was well done, Walter. And well, I thought that was a little funny A little guy podcast humor for you there. <laughs> <laughs> you are very funny. So uh, the big trouble is you're gonna have to take these assets through probate court. You're gonna pay attorney's fees. You're gonna wait six or nine or 12 months that are gonna be very frustrating before you get what you could have had happen within days of death if you had named a beneficiary. So naming beneficiaries, super important, saves you money, saves you heartache. It doesn't save you heartache or money because you're dead. But the people you leave behind, you're going to save them attorney's fees, probate court, time, and frustration.
0: I love it. That's an easy one to have at the top of the list for sure. Name that beneficiary just to begin with. But let's go to a hybrid of that problem. Some people are like, no, of course I'll name a beneficiary, but I already discussed it in my will, so I don't need to do it again. I've already done that.
1: Yep. And that sounds so logical, and it is so wrong. Mm. Yeah, the so will if,
0: feels very final to me.
1: Like It does. And that will is nullified by any account you have where you did name a beneficiary. And so the things that come, the main, one of the main things that comes to mind here that I've seen Uh, more than once in my career is somebody left their ex spouse as their beneficiary. And when that was pointed out to them, they go, it was an, oh my gosh, moment where, wow, I I never even changed that. Now, maybe it's your choice to have your ex spouse as your beneficiary, and that's your choice. But if it's not, no amount of what you wrote in your will is going to change your ex the beneficiary who you named getting those assets so if you just have named beneficiaries if you've just given directions in your will for your house your money your car that virtually guarantees that those assets are going to go through probate and somebody's gonna have to pay attorney's fees and they're gonna wait six or nine or twelve months and they're gonna be very frustrated
0: I would imagine the uh, ex-spouse being a beneficiary is not the ideal choice for most
1: people. For most people. I actually have, I have one that was the exception for that. I'm sure there are some couples that end on good and,
0: terms and want to take care of folks, you know, but uh, exactly, not the majority, I would think.
1: I'm not sure that the new spouse is all that excited about it, but hey, right. that's not my, I'm not in the marriage counseling business. I'm in the financial management business.
0: <laughs> we'll we'll leave that one for the therapist, right? Uh to figure <laughs> figure those moving parts out, uh, like that. All right, you mentioned that the third one was going to relate more to the uh the specific situation I think that you uh you got to deal with in the office recently. And so this mistake number 3 would be not funding your trust. Not funding your trust. So what is what does all that mean?
1: It's and that's a phrase that most people kind of you get a blank stare yeah because they say, well, I set up this trust. So here's the here's the the recent super nice lady now super nice widowed lady. 50 year old husband died unexpectedly of a heart attack. They had a big beautiful three ring binder with all their trust documents in it from a big well-known downtown Kansas City law firm all of the pieces were totally in place, except that the trust was never funded. And all that means is the assets that they thought were gonna be governed by the words in their trust, the the trust was never named as the beneficiary of those assets. So when the rubber hit the road, here's what happened. His IRA, fine, no problem. She was named as the beneficiary, didn't matter. 401k, fine, didn't matter. his brokerage accounts, he had some brokerage accounts that were in his name only. Well, that was not okay. And even though the trust explained what was going to happen to those accounts, those brokerage accounts were frozen until they go through probate. He owned a couple of businesses with three or four other partners. They were in LLCs. Well, she is the is the one fifth owner of his piece (laughs) but that goes through probate as well because there was no uh, beneficiary designation in the llc documentation that his fifth went to her the state says it goes to her but not anytime soon and then the way they had their banking relationships set up A couple three, four weeks ago we had talked about how much money can you have in a bank and have it all insured. And it can be a lot of money, way more than the $250,000 of FDIC coverage, except that you have to open accounts in various names. For instance, he had a bank account and a couple of CDs that were in his name only well. She's going to get that money, but not anytime soon because that goes through probate as well. If they had named the beneficiary as the transfer on death or the TOD, or if he had named her as the beneficiary or the TOD, it would have been fine. But the, the, the trust discussed what was going to happen with those assets, but the trust was never named as the beneficiary of those assets. That's what is considered to be funding your trust. Otherwise that big, beautiful trust document in that really handsome binder is just a bunch of pieces of paper uh, that are going to cause you to take all of those assets through probate. That's not why they spent all of that money and all that time getting the trust binder put in place. So the takeaway is if you've got a big, juicy, beautiful trust document, It's very possible that your attorney did not help you fund your trust. Or maybe they gave you some pieces of paper that says, here's how you fund your trust. And you kind of walked away thinking, well, that's all done. So if you don't do that, what you're going to do is go back to that same attorney with a really sad look on your face and they're going to charge you a lot of money to fix this. So while you're both living or maybe you're maybe you're widowed and you have a trust and you're not sure if it's been funded now's the time to figure that out so that when you pass the assets do exactly how you have been you've described them in your trust so just make sure your trust is funded and if you don't know if it is ask the attorney who drew up the documents
0: Great one to add to the list. And I'm sure one that, yeah, if you're putting that much time and attention into how you want things to go in your retirement years and passing that money along to the next generation and some of those decisions, going to probate is not usually on the goal list for people going through that amount of time and energy. So that's a good way to highlight that. Um, So, yeah, make sure that that's not going to be a consequence of some decision you've made. Uh, Last but not least, we get one of my favorite little uh, financial advisor buzzwords that I hear all the time, David, and I'm sure you've mentioned this before, and I always forget it. It just doesn't stick. It, it It has zero sticky factor in between my two ears. But the uh, per stirpes, I think. I think maybe it's because yep. it's more of a law term, right, more than a financial term. It's but.
1: Latin. And and who amongst us doesn't love Latin? Right.
0: I, I enrolled in Latin in college, first semester, freshman year, my very first class, Wednesday morning at 8 a.m., Latin. Ooh. Had never taken it before, just thought that'd be cool to learn. And uh, halfway through the class on my laptop, I pulled up my course selection and immediately drop the class while I was in the class and pick something else. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> well done. That That is not <laughs> happening. <laughs> All right. Uh, that aside, not understanding per stirpes versus per capita rules. Simplify that for us if you can.
1: All right. So this, this is mainly, so the example, and I've, I've got a couple of these over my years in business where somebody died and there were different designations for their heirs. So per capita, let's say the the situation is this. You have three kids, all of whom are adults. You have three adult children, and they have children of their own. Your oldest has two kids. Your middle child doesn't have any kids, just a spouse. And number three has three kids. So how this works out is this. If you don't specifically say per stirpes. In other words, I want my, my money to go to stay with my bloodline. Whereas per capita says, however many are left, they get up the percentage. So let's say that you just for, for ease, let's take one asset. You have a $600,000 IRA and you've named each of your three kids as beneficiary, but you didn't bother to think should, is it per stirpes or per capita? And it defaults to per capita. So let's say that you and kid number one die in the same car wreck. The next day, uh, a couple of weeks later, the other two kids go to your advisor and say, Hey, we need to kind of get going to settle this estate. And they're going to look it up. The beneficiary designation the
0: next day wow uh,
1: okay so it's a couple weeks later Gre-
0: greedy little kids no, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> at some point in the future kid number two and kid number three go and they find out oh my gosh mom or dad had their beneficiary designations per capita and all that means is the two kids the bloodline for child number one who also perished in this car wreck they don't get their one-third of this $600,000 401k, they get zero. And the other two remaining adult children, they get 50%, whereas mom thought they were each gonna get 33% of the account. And the expectation was, if each of the three kids get that 200,000 or 33% of the $600,000 pot, if one of them is gone, well, their kids will split that parents, that kid, that adult children, child's one third. If the beneficiary designation had been designed as per stirpes, that's exactly what would have happened. The children of adult kid number one would have gotten that one third. But since it's per capita, that those children got nothing. And the two remaining adult children split the estate or in in this example, in the, they split that account 50, 50. So that's a massive difference. If you're expecting that your grandchildren are going to benefit from your assets, if your kid is no longer living, well, if you didn't, if you didn't, and you're not, you're unlikely, unless you listen to this podcast or unless you've recently been to your estate planning attorney, you're unlikely to ask, the the custodian these of these accounts hey uh, there's these two Latin terms that I can't remember but which one do I have so but the but the ramifications are super important so most cases the vast majority of my clients want per stirpes they want to know that if they die and they have a deceased kid they want that deceased kids piece of the inheritance to go to their children, that child's grandchildren, that their grandchildren from that child. Boy, I need a whiteboard, don't I, Walter? (laughs) This might be good for
0: a follow-up video, although I know you're not a big video guy. Hopefully with all my
1: stumbling, exactly, hopefully with all this stumbling around, what is brought home to you is if you have multiple heirs on a particular account, and you want to make sure that it, that their percentage stays within their bloodline and goes to your grandchildren on that side. You have to make sure that a box was checked per stirpes. If you have annuities in your financial world, most accounts that I've ever seen don't even offer you a box to check per stirpes. You have to include a separate list that says, these are my beneficiaries, per stirpes, and then you list them and the percent that each of them get. So it's a super important piece to understand. And it's not always easy to get done what you want to get done, but it's really important. So if that's important to you, make sure that you mention that to your advisor, to your custodian, to your bank. If you've done a really good job of saying, of putting a TOD on your bank accounts, make sure you know whether those Monies go per stirpes, or per capita.
0: Okay, very good. That's a great breakdown, David. I I still feel like a week from now it's all good, that'll evaporate out of my brain. But um, for for whatever reason, those two I always get them get them mixed up. Um, but uh, it's still it's a great reminder because now I have this podcast I can go back and listen to. And- <laughs> Whenever I forget, I can remind I'm myself. I'm
1: guessing that as many times as I tripped over, <laughs> over beneficiaries' names or titles, you may need to go back and listen to this a time or two just to figure out what I just said. I think it's a
0: good illustration, though, because that's why, you know, when you get to this kind of planning conversation, this is not falling under the category of we're just trying to make it complicated so you'll hand it over and just say, just do it for me. Although many people (laughs) may go that direction because, yeah, you just get that feeling at some point. But it just illustrates that you're starting to get into some legal stuff here. Paperwork's important. And having things in writing, I think it just kind of underscores that, having it spelled out in writing, listed out. Just gets really important when we start talking about this kind of tail end financial planning, estate planning, um, those different types of words when they come up. It's just so important to just not just talk about these things, but really have it in writing so that you can understand, review it, be able to point to it and say, this is what I have.
1: Yep. So this this last example actually came up with a, with a, uh, a deceased parent who listed their, uh, it was like five different adult kids. And one of the kids was dead by the time that this mother died. And so that guy's two kids were left out. But the aunts and uncles got together and said, you know what? We know what mom really meant. So they made it right. But the law doesn't make you do that. And so, eh, you know, you see it. Every once in a while, and it's really important. So take a look at it. If if you're if getting money to your, to the right family of members is important to you, make sure you understand this concept.
0: Coordinate the uh, all those moving parts very easily by having somebody to help kind of quarterback all these conversations and your financial advisor can certainly do that. Uh, If you'd like to get in touch with David Dickens to talk not only about making sure your beneficiary um, selections are not left vulnerable to mistakes like the ones we've talked about on the show today, but also talk about investments, retirement planning and all the other elements of making sure that you are set up for a successful financial future. Pick up the phone, give David a call, 913-317-1414. Start the conversation that way, 913-317-1414. Or you can go online to coveryourassetskc.com. Get in touch through the website, find out more information about David, uh, the business, the show. And uh, you can check out past episodes. The full library is there. All it again, coveryourassetskc.com. And we'll link to all that contact information in the description of today's show. So just click on Description or Show Notes, whatever app you're using, and you can find those easy ways to get in touch. Uh, David, thanks for the education and filling us in on all these interesting details on the program today. And I know you had to put in some effort into number four there. uh, uh, Derpys and Capita and yeah, well, uh, breaking those downs.
1: I'm sweating. I'm <laughs> glad to be done with that one. Next week we're going to the mailbag, Walter, so I think that ought to be fun.
0: Love it when we get to open the mailbag. So go have an Arnold Palmer David, uh, hit some golf <laughs> and, and recover from today's episode, my friend.
1: So, Sounds good to me. It's good stuff. <laughs> Talk to you uh, next week.
0: Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time on Cover Your Assets, Casey. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.